Howdy, howdy. Welcome back to Adorn Podcast. This is episode 108, and today we get to dive into a new section of James starting in chapter 3. Welcome to the Adorned Podcast. We're your hosts, Erin and Casey. We would love for you to come join us each week as we discuss what it means to be made beautiful by God's Word. Whether you are a college student walking to class, a mom folding laundry during nap time, or a boss babe sitting in rush hour traffic, we hope that we can encourage and inspire you to pursue a deeper understanding of the Bible. So, Glimpse of Grace. If you're just tuning in, if this is your first time um, listening in this series, we're doing a little segment called Glimpse of Grace, where we are talking about something in our week that gave us just a little glimpse of God's grace. And this week, since we're talking a lot about words and using your tongue and all of those things, we thought it would be fun to just talk about what that's looked like in our week. So can you give us a glimpse of God's grace? Yeah. So Erin and I went to a, um, like a one day women's equip thing this weekend in Amarillo and it was wonderful. Um, but before we left, my daughter Juliana said the sweetest thing to me. She said, mommy, I don't want you to go. I don't want you to be gone. And that sounds like a typical four-year-old thing to say. Um, but it was definitely a grace to me because a lot of times I feel like my girls, they wouldn't care if I wasn't there. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know why I feel that. I think it's just, um, my own like confidence issues, I guess, and identity issues. But sometimes I question, I'm like, do my girls really care if I'm even Mm. here? Like, um, and so for her to just voluntarily say that when she heard us talking about me leaving, I was like, God, that's just, that's a true glimpse of grace to Mm -hmm. me because that's just something I've been questioning a lot. Like, um, do they just want me so I can fix them lunch or do they like really care about Uh me? And I know that that sounds, um, that might sound a little bit crazy, but I, I'm just being real here. And Mm -hmm. that's something that I've been really struggling with. I'm like, do they truly love being with me, love Mm -hmm. being around me? Or am I just the person that fixes their dinner, does their laundry, Mm -hmm. you know, takes care of their physical needs? Like, do they really care Mm -hmm. about spending time with me? Mm -hmm. And, um, so that was, that was a sweet moment. What Mm -hmm. about you? So mine actually comes on the heels of the same event. So we got to teach about doctrine of God, which was really cool. And it was just really, um, a beautiful picture of how oftentimes we have this idea in the church that like the theology is like for the pastors or for, for the men or whatever. And so a church to come along and say, Hey, we want some doctrine and theology for our women. Like that in and of itself was just so encouraging. But after we were finished teaching, um, one of the pastor's wives at the church who was there and was just so kind and helped us get comfortable and get to know people and took us out to coffee. And she was so sweet. And after the event, she just, when we were back home, she sent this really sweet text and just was encouraging about, um, how well the response was to the event. And so that was just such a gift to me and a glimpse of God's grace and reminding us like, we're all one big Mm, church. It's not like, Hey, you belong to that church. And it's just like, we're on the same mission. And it really just inspired me. And hopefully if you're listening to this, it'll inspire you too. like encourage your, your pastors, encourage your leaders, because oftentimes there are pouring so much time and energy into leading and loving you well. And often they're questioning, like Casey's question, like, do, do the people, do they even care? Like, does and it so, even matter? Yeah. yeah. And so it's been really um, encouraging me to 
speak out. And when I think, wow, I was really encouraged by that. Like, tell that, tell your pastor, like, Hey, I was really moved by that message. Um, not to puff them up or anything Mm -hmm. like that, but just to glorify God through the way he's using um, the leadership. So Mm -hmm. that's good. That's good. And we're going to talk about that a lot on this episode. That's Mm -hmm. why I thought that this was a good glimpse of grace to talk Mm -hmm. about because words are so important. Yeah. So very important. Yep. So let's go ahead and dive in. Did Was there anything you wanted to talk about before we dive in? Um, I was just going to mention that we're moving into a new um, section, right? At the beginning, we talked about how James kind of has different sections of his mm-hmm. letter. And so we're kind of moving into a new section. Um, if you want to kind of summarize this section, I've, I've heard it said that you could summarize this as, you know, he's going from the first section where he was talking about um, how our genuine faith leads to a life of obedience. And now he's shifting just a little bit into talking about how um, these different areas of our lives where obedience is necessary. So it's it's not a, it's not a complete shift or anything yeah. like that. It's just honing in a little bit on areas where James recognized in the lives of believers, this is an area where you're mm-hmm. going to need a little help. I can't just tell you to be obedient. I need to help you and see like, what does obedience look Specifics. like in these specific specific areas. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good. Okay. So James three, one, not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. I just like cringe when I hear that, like my natural fleshly response is like, Oh wait, do I want to teach Mm -hmm. then? Cause that feels (laughs) like a little more pressure. But, um, as I was digging into this, like, like I just mentioned, he's, he's speaking to specific things that he knew, um, were going on in this church as well, as well as in our own hearts, but just knowing kind of about like what's driving your obedience Mm -hmm. or what's driving your, where you're going. Are you wanting to teach because you want a platform? Are you wanting to teach for your own glorification? Are you wanting to teach to put others down? You know, it it, it comes back to what we always say, right? Like it comes back to the heart. And so I think keeping in mind that he's not saying you shouldn't be a teacher because teaching is bad. He's saying that not many should be teachers because many of you want to do it for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. What else do you think about that? Yeah. This verse has always scared me too, because I'm like, okay, then I just won't teach. Like that's too much pressure. That's too scary. What if I say the wrong things? What if I lead people astray? And we'll talk about that more. Um, just how much your words can, can hugely affect people. But, um, like Aaron's saying, this is really, really, addressing the heart, right? Like, um, it's okay if you make a mistake. Like I've heard some really, really good teachers like at conferences have to come back the next day and like apologize for something they say or clarify something Mm -hmm. they say. I think it's about doing it in humility and doing it, um, truly to glorify God and truly with the desire to, um, spread his, his word and just talk about who he is and to teach his word. And so we also see this in Hebrews 13, 17, it says, obey your leaders and to submit and submit to them for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning for that would be of no advantage to you. And so we don't, um, if we're teaching God's word to people, like we don't need to be doing it begrudgingly. We need to have a joyful heart. And, uh, I think that that comes through, right? Like you've seen teachers before that are like angry and we were actually, um, the girls and I were reading a book and it was talking about this pastor like um 
doing a revival, like the mm. old like kind of mm-hmm. tent revivals or whatever. And the way they were describing this pastor, he was just so angry. And Cadence mm. was like, oh, I don't like him, mommy. Mm. Like, uh-uh, you know? And so it can come across like, what? It, what is your purpose? Right. Is your purpose like to get numbers or for, to prove or your to prove point, your point right. or, or something like that? Or is it to, um, truly advance the kingdom of God. And so, yeah, I think it, it all comes down to the heart for sure. And as I was studying this, it seems a little out of place, right? Like it seems like random. And then he goes on yeah, to this whole thing. I was thinking that too. But I, the, what I found when I was studying was that the reason he was saying this was because the teachers, whatever starts at the top flows mm-hmm. down often mm-hmm. through the church. Yeah. Um, we've seen that in our own lives. Um, if, if there's, you know, not just within the church, but any sort of organization where, where the leaders, if there's something going on, if there's disunity, if there's, you know, that filters down into the congregation or into the business or whatever realm we're talking about here. And so, um, what I read was that this is why he starts with saying this, because he's saying, Hey, if there's problems going on here, if your teachers are not using their tongue, well, if your teachers are causing strife and quarrels. Um, so that's why he says not many of you should become teachers. So most, a lot of people must've been trying to mm-hmm. do the same position, which mm-hmm. if a lot of people are, that's going to cause strife and that's mm-hmm. going to cause arguments over, no, I should be teaching. No, I should be teaching. And then that filters down through the whole body. Mm-hmm. And so when he's using this analogy of the tongue and the body, it, that also could be translated to the leadership and then the whole body mm-hmm. of Christ, the yeah. whole church. Yeah. And also I think I was thinking about this this morning on my walk. I think the other reason he was kind of targeting teachers is because you teach with your words. Mm-hmm. You teach with your words. Mm-hmm. You're not like physically hammering yeah. something into someone's head or like, you know, like I can't even think of it. Examples like other, other jobs, you know, you're physically doing things, building houses or, um, doing computer programming right. or whatever, but right. teaching is with your words, Mm -hmm. whether it's written words or spoken words. And so I think that that's, um, something, something to think about here too. Yeah. So next James is going to give us three examples and these examples would have been very familiar, um, to us. They may not be as familiar, but we'll kind of break them down as we go through them. You're not a a horse person. No. Or a ship person? A ship person? (laughs) I am not a ship person. Okay, so verses two through six. For we all stumble in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life and set on fire by hell. So anytime we see repetition or making the same point multiple Mm -hmm. times, it really means pay attention, pay attention, pay attention. Yep. This matters. Mm -hmm. This matters. So I'm going to say it in multiple different ways. I'm going to give different analogies because somebody will relate to them differently. Mm -hmm. Like you're saying, you may not be a horse person, but you may catch the ship analogy or the fire analogy Mm -hmm. um, or the tongue in the body analogy. And so I think one thing that's really interesting is that he doesn't say, don't use your tongue, right? Because that's just not really possible. And he doesn't say talk less or talk more. He's just saying, this is, this is, 
how you grow in maturity is recognizing the potential damage that can be done. And then if we use scripture to interpret scripture, um, there's so many verses in Proverbs and Psalms like all over. And we'll use a couple of these to kind of make our point. But what he's saying is you can use this either for life or you can use Mm -hmm. this for death. Yeah. Um, we know, especially with the example of a fire, a fire can seem like, um, death and destruction, Mm -hmm. but it also allows for new life. Mm -hmm. And so same with a a ship, it's, it's saying you could either turn the rudder this way and crash, or you can have control and turn the ship this way and go where you want. Same Mm -hmm. with the horse analogy. Yeah. Yeah. So he's not saying your son, your, your son, your tongue is terrible. Just glue your mouth shut. Right. Right. He's saying it's spiritual maturity that we're growing in to know how to use it. Choose to use it for good. Yes. Yeah. So Natalie actually kind of brought this out. If you're following the PAO um, study, she um, talked about Proverbs 1821 that is similar to what Aaron's talking about. Death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruits. So we see, like j- exactly like Aaron said here, we see the death and the life. And we've seen this before, right? We talked about, I don't remember what week it was, but the put off and put on thing. Mm-hmm. How it's always so helpful in the Bible where we hear, okay, you need to put off this, but then put on this. So we get to choose. We get to choose whether we use our tongue for death and destruction or we choose it for life. And so um, Aaron's going to read a little bit of scripture to um to interpret scripture (laughs) so one that i've been using a lot it you know i've said this on here before but it's quite funny how often when we're about to teach about something the lord gives us a lot of chance to say to like practice it and say like do you actually believe this or are you just saying this um so we've been having a lot with my girls of just chances to say hey you know we need to choose how we're going to use our words um and so i i come back often to proverbs 16 24 which says Gracious words are like honey, mm. sweetness to the soul and health to the body. And so I've just been every time she, she one of mine is a little sassy. Um, <laughs> if you know my children, you know which one I'm referring to. Um, and so she will just sass or roll her eyes or she'll, you know, just be like, uh, no, like say things like that. And so every time I'm just like words like honey. And so yeah. I think like anytime you can grab just like a little phrase mm-hmm. and like instill it in your heart and whoever your discipling's heart, like it's, it's a really, it's a good gift. Um, so, but we'll see this all over the Proverbs. And then another place that we come back to a lot, this was one of the first, um, passages of scripture that I had my kids memorize after, um, children obey your parents. That was the first <laughs> one we worked on. Um, but the next one was Ephesians 4. Um, starting in 29, but I'm trying to remember like exactly which portion I made them memorize. I don't remember, but, um, it says, I'm going to start in 29 and go all the way to 32. It says, let no corrupt talk come out of your mouth, but only such is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear it. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit for by whom you are sealed by the day for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. And I love this passage because it's like Casey said, like it tells you exactly put off, Mm -hmm. put away bitterness, put away wrath. Um, And so in verse 29, it says that no corrupt talk come out of your mouths, but only what is good for building each other up that it may give grace to those who hear. So that's another phrase we say, like, is that giving grace to those who hear you? Mm -hmm. Um, but I think those two passages kind of give us like, 
James is saying, hey, there's a lot of potential here for destruction. But when we look at other scripture, we're saying, but there's also a lot of potential Mm -hmm. here to bless. And we'll talk about that a little Mm -hmm. bit more as as we keep going. Yeah. This is something that, I mean, there's a whole list here of verses that we could read because this is something we see over and over and over Mm -hmm. in the Bible. And like Aaron mentioned, Proverbs, we went to a workshop on the Proverbs last um, fall and it was Jen Wilkin. And that's the thing. She had us literally take take the scripture and like mark how many times it Mm -hmm. talks about like words or the tongue. And it's just so powerful. I mean, I don't even remember how many times, but you see it so many times because the tongue is so very powerful. I thought that it might be helpful if we talked about a few kind of like practical examples. Aaron already talked about a couple. Um, but this whole idea of how words can either be really destructive and Mm -hmm. lead to death or they, how they can bring life. Mm -hmm. And so, So as I was thinking about this, I thought there have been a lot of times in my life that I have been really, really hurt by words. And there are a lot of examples I can give, Mm. but I didn't want to throw anybody under the bus (laughs) on the podcast in case they're listening. Of course, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say names, but still, I didn't want to do that. So I was like, Lord, you know, like, give me an example that Mm -hmm. I can that I can actually share. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the debate happened this week. Mm. And I said, I told Jonathan yesterday, I said, you know, I think I've never seen the nation this unified, like in a really long time. But right now, everybody's agreeing that that debate was really mm. bad. Like mm-hmm. everybody, no matter what side you're on. And mm-hmm. we don't talk about politics on this show very often. But since it was so bad, we can all agree <laughs> that it was bad. Um, but just, I mean, they weren't punching each other, right? They weren't like, nope, everybody left with their limbs intact. Mm-hmm. Like in, nobody was physically hurt in that mm-hmm. debate, but there were some ugly, ugly words mm-hmm. said. Mm-hmm. And the whole time, like, I just wanted to crawl under the covers. I, was I mean, like, I was stress eating chocolate yes, chips. Yes. I was like, do we really have to watch this? And John was like, yes, we're going to watch. I know. This. I kept and saying like, like, can I leave? <laughs> can I leave? And I was like, I think this is good for us to yes, watch. I'm like, yes. I, I'm cringing. Oh, our husbands. We have good husbands. <laughs> but yes. I, and I, I was thinking about it the next day and well, my neck was sore for one. Cause mm-hmm. I was like so tense, but I was thinking about it and I was like, why was that so uncomfortable? Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm not there. I'm not one of them. Mm-hmm. This nothing, um, mm-hmm. in my life right now is specifically like writing on this or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, because words matter, mm-hmm. like words hurt words, words are, um, words are meaningful. Mm-hmm. And so what they were saying to each other, the name calling, um, the lies on both sides, like they matter mm-hmm. and it makes a difference. So that was kind of my example of, of the negative, like mm-hmm. <laughs> tearing things down and the death and destruction, because there wasn't anything, yeah. um, beneficial well, about I that debate to like, so kind of not something someone said to me, but I have a very vivid memory. I like cringe thinking about it right now. So I was in kindergarten wow. and I remember there was a little girl. I can't even, I feel so bad even talking about this. This is like 25 years later <laughs> and she, I don't know if she was sick or what, I think she was sick. And so she didn't have any hair. Mm-hmm. And as a little kindergartner, I was like, Oh, you look like a boy. And like, I didn't think, I, don't, I wasn't trying to be ugly yeah. or maybe I was, I don't know. I was five, but she just went and cried Aww. and I felt so bad and I was so ashamed. And I came home that night and I cried and cried. And I couldn't even tell my mom what happened. And like, to this day, it still haunts mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing with words is yes. like, once they're out, 
they're out. Ugh, there's no taking them back. And it's and you can mm-hmm. apologize, but yep. they're still they're still there. And mm-hmm. so it's I think like James understands the weight of that. Yes. Like yes. he understands, hey, part of your obedience is to walk in this and know you're not going to do it perfectly, but you know, you have the power of the spirit that Mm -hmm. can help guide Mm -hmm. you. And it's going to be a growth. It's going to be a moment by moment, day by day growth in the right direction, but also like feel the weight of the Mm -hmm. potential of this Mm -hmm. potential for good and potential for evil. Yeah. So examples of like words bringing life. Mm-hmm. I've we have a ton of those, right? Yeah, and yeah, I'm yeah. so thankful. I'm so thankful that I have people in my life mm-hmm. that speak life into me. Mm-hmm. Um, but one specific thing really stood out as I was thinking about this, and it was the time surrounding when we had our baby Isaac. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't heard the story, go listen to our Good Father episode, and I talk all about him. But he um, had trisomy 13, and as I was carrying him through the pregnancy, we knew he wouldn't live long. And so during my pregnancy and after the things I remember the most are the things that people said to me, Mm. like people wanted to help Mm. people wanted to like people offered to clean my house or to bring us food. And people did these things, watched, you know, um, a sweet friend watched cadence one day so I could just like be alone. But the things that meant the most to me and the things that I can tell you specifically were things that people said to me. Mm-hmm. Like one of my very best friends getting close to his birth asked, just asked the simple question, Casey, what do you want his service to look like? Mm-hmm. And those were words, right? Like she, she wasn't doing anything right then. She was just asking the question. Mm-hmm. This is going to, men, you might want to turn this off for just a second mm-hmm. um, because this is going to get a little personal. But one of the things that stands out in my mind after I had Isaac was I had a friend come up to me and say like, <laughs> ha, like, how's the, how's the milk process going? Mm-hmm. Like, cause she knew that I'd mm-hmm. had a baby and yeah. I didn't have a baby to nurse. And mm-hmm. I actually donated my breast milk, which was such a huge healing process. So if you're in this situation, um, similar or know somebody going through this, this is something that you might consider because it was a hugely healing process. Mm-hmm. But this was a fellow mom that knew when your milk dries up, it's painful. And mm-hmm. she knew I did not have a baby there to nurse. Mm-hmm. And she thought about that. Yeah. Like, in her her words, they were just, they were so, um, comforting Mm -hmm. and it made me feel seen. And then, I mean, weeks and months and years following that, when people have said Isaac's name, when they ask questions about him, when they remember him, it means so much Mm -hmm. to me. And so like, like I said, like it wasn't anything anybody physically did. It was simply words Mm -hmm. that have encouraged me and helped me along like this grieving process. That's a lifelong journey. Mm -hmm. And so I, I love how things kind of come full circle because I've never specifically thought about that before. I always tell people when they ask me, Oh, you know, I had a friend that lost a baby. What can I do? And I usually tell them, write them a note, call Mm -hmm. them and talk to them. You know, I usually tell them words, but I've never really made the connection with the Bible. Mm -hmm. Like that God talks about how Mm -hmm. important words are in the Bible. And I've seen that play out in my life. It seems so simple and I know it can seem like a cop out, but it's not. Mm -hmm. Words are huge. Yeah. Yeah. I think of just like one of the best marriage advice we ever got before we got married, before we got married, before we got (laughs) married was to just like speak encouragement and affirmation to each other. Because especially in marriage, like after a while you think, well, they know I love them or they know I think they're gorgeous or what, you know what I'm saying? Like, but I've just watched like 
when I like speak that stuff to over Taylor, like even yesterday, so he got a new shirt from Jonathan and the color (laughs) just like looked so good on him. And so I like kept telling him like that color looks so good on you. Is it the pumpkin spice one? No, it's not. It's It's a different one. one. Oh yeah. Yeah. I like that one. And he, and then when we were at dinner, he was like, that's the fourth time you've said that to me today. And he was like smirking. Oh, like he was just like, so, so I feel like that's another like practical yes. thing is like, you yes. think people know these things and they probably do, but who doesn't want to hear like, Hey, I love you. It hey, makes a difference. you bring me joy. Hey, I love when you're around. Like, like who wouldn't want to hear that? You know? Yeah. Yep. It makes a difference. Yeah. I Did you this, have any other well, examples? Well, no, I don't have a specific example, but I was listening to, um, Sinclair, my main man. Um, he, and he had this, like just one little phrase that has stuck with me when speaking about words. And he said, our words are, um, what carries the breath of our souls to the life we live. And I was like, wow, that's so beautiful. Cause if we think about that, sometimes we just think like words are cheap. Talk is cheap. We hear, right. We hear that phrase. And it's like, no, it's like the breath of your soul coming to the life that you live, which draws a lot from Genesis and creation story. And we'll talk about that a little bit more. I kept, I kept thinking about two things that were taught as kids. We, we hear Thumper from Bambi say, if you can't say anything nice, don't Mm -hmm. say anything at all. And that's, Say that to basically what James is saying yeah. but we also heard a lot sticks and stones may yes. break your bones but words will never hurt That's you such a load and <laughs> yeah and I understand the sentiment behind that but I think it's important we remember that that's not necessarily true words mm. can it's be biblical it's not biblical yeah. right thumper thumper was good more job, biblical thumper. good good job thumper I went back and watched that clip on YouTube I was like, oh, thumper. <laughs> thumper was being biblical but wherever this other saying came from it's it's not yeah So moving on, James 7 through 9, or James 3, 7 through 9. For every kind of beast and bird of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. This feels heavy. Mm -hmm. Well, it also brings up, right, like, like we were just saying, like it brings up thoughts of Genesis and it would have done that automatically much quicker for the people he yeah. was writing to than it does for us. But it, it brings back, like he's saying like, God, you know, it, when we think about the story of Genesis, God created and he created every beast and bird and reptile and sea creature. And so he's using that same verbiage to say, Hey, you know, this was all created. And part of what God's um, called man to do was to have dominion mm-hmm. over everything. And so he's saying we, we have this dominion and we can tame these animals, but yeah. for some reason we just can't tame this tongue. And so when he talks about it is a restless evil full of deadly poison, it's supposed to bring up thoughts of the enemy in the garden mm-hmm. um, with that like venom and a snake, you know, that came and deceived and tricked Adam and Eve into the original sin. And so it's pulling on a lot of these, um, memories and like thoughts that they would have when they would hear these certain words. I love it when I see things like this, where we're able to like tie it all together, mm-hmm. where we're able to see in James, you know, mm-hmm. um, very obvious and vivid imagery mm-hmm. all the way back from um, Genesis. I just, I love how God ties it all together like that. And this made me think about when we talked about a couple of weeks ago, righteous anger mm-hmm. and how we should not be cursing people we need to remember like we're all sinners in need of grace and and these people are made in the image of God and like 
we don't, we shouldn't be doing that. Like right. that's not, that should not be coming out of our mouths, especially as believers who are on in one minute, like worshiping God and praising God. We should not be cursing mm-hmm. our fellow human beings mm-hmm. out of the other side of our mouth. Like we just shouldn't yeah. do that. And, and, uh, we might think like, oh, well, I, I wouldn't do that or I wouldn't, but we, this also goes back to in Genesis three, when God's like, Hey, why'd you do that? You know, what happened? And, and, and Adam's like, Oh, well it was the woman you gave me. And and so he's like, not only is he cursing Eve made in the image and the likeness oh, of God, yeah. but he's also then also blaming God like, Hey, you gave me her and <laughs> yeah. it's her fault and, yeah. and all of this. And so yeah. it's just, that's why I think he uses this perspective specific verbiage is because they would relate and understand like oh I see he was doing that Mm -hmm. and it all go oh I watch at the table (laughs) it all goes back to words like it all goes back to words that's what the serpent lured them with words yeah and it it also kind of ties together what he was talking about in chapter one this whole portion kind of ties together when he says hey true and right religion I'm gonna actually read it so I can make sure I say the right thing um but this idea where he's he's tying all these things together right where he's not necessarily teaching new doctrine but he's showing us how doctrine applies to life and how we started the beginning of this episode in saying that it wasn't it's not just um he's showing us what it looks like to be obedient in specific areas and so if we think back to chapter one when he says um in verse 26 he says if anyone thinks he's religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart this person's religion is worthless mm. so this isn't just some other thought this is taking us back to all the very beginning yeah. of the letter where he's like i'm going to show you you know what true religion is and how to walk in obedience and a lot of that first thing he says when he's talking about it is the tongue controlling your tongue mm. yeah, yeah. So verses 10 through 12 say, from the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brother, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. So I feel like this can sound a little hopeless, um, but we need to remember that our hope is not in the fact that we're going to to do this perfectly. Right. Our and the, our hope is not in the fact that um, our our hope is actually in the only one who did this perfectly. Right. So if we think back to the beginning of chapter three, where he's talking about if he does this, he is a perfect man. And so the only person who is the perfect man is Jesus. And so we have to remember to not go into a place of guilt or shame when we don't do this perfectly. Cause what can happen is we can say, okay, I know I'm supposed to use my words just to be life giving. And then, Oh no, I just was harsh with my kids. Yeah. Now shame. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not living this out. And so just wanted to encourage you guys that the oh, only yeah. person who did this perfectly on this side of heaven is, is Jesus. And he already paid for our failings in this area as well as every other area of our life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when I was reading this, I was thinking about um, a seed song out of the overflow of the heart. Yeah, that it's Luke 645. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good and the evil person out of the evil treasure produces evil for out of the abundance of the heart 
the mouth speaks. Mm -hmm. And I was listening to a Sproul sermon and he said, the one who controls his tongue is the one whose mind and heart are controlled by the word of Mm. God. So what we put in is what's going to come out. I mean, we've, we've heard this example before. Like if you have, if you have a cup and it's full and you shake it, what's going to come out of it? It's Mm going to come, whatever's inside of it is what's going to overflow out of it. So it's so important that we're constantly immersing ourselves in the word of God, because then when our kids do something we don't like, or when someone else um, upsets us, or when we see that post on social media, the first thing to come to our mind Mm. is hopefully going to be the truth of scripture and not automatically our, our um, fleshly thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So basically to sum up everything we've said today is that we are called to use our lives to give lives, give, use our words to give life. Yes. yes. We're going to fail, but mm-hmm. Jesus has already paid for that. Yep. And whatever we behold, we become. Yep. And whatever exactly. we behold is going to overflow. Overflow. Yep. And so our encouragement would just to be to spend your time filling yourself up, like cases of that cup analogy, like fill your cup up with who Jesus is and his word and all the gifts that he's given us so that when those things happen, it is actually over the overflow of Christ that comes out of us and not ourselves. And I will just leave you with one more thing. I think that sometimes we can think maybe we're overstating the importance of this, but I just want us to kind of leave with how we always say, like when we're reading scripture, like let's first look for God. And I think in this passage, it's very directed towards us. So often it's, a little bit tough, a little bit trickier in this passage, maybe to look for character of God. But I think one thing we can really look, look at is that words really matter to God. Mm -hmm. And when we think about, well, okay, how do we see that in scripture and the whole um, story of scripture? You can think all the way back to the beginning. I mean, God could have just formed or made or done whatever, but he uses words to create the world, right? It says he spoke and then it was. He said, let there be light and there was light. And so he used words as an example to us of what it looks like to use our words to create life. And so as we go about our week, like remind yourself that this is a good, words are a good Mm -hmm. gift because we see God use them and we see him using them to create life. And so we should also use them to create life. Mm It's good. I was thinking about that. I was, I was praying. I was like, Lord, like, why are our words so, can they be so harmful? And can mm-hmm. they bring light? Like, why are words so important? And then I was reading Aaron's notes about how words are important to God. Like mm-hmm. he, he brought life through his words and, and you see it all throughout scripture. Jesus is called the word mm-hmm. and he gave us his written word. Yeah. And so I don't necessarily understand right. why words are so important to God. But it's obvious that they are. Yeah. It's obvious that they are. It's good. Our memory verse for next week is the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And that's James 317. (laughs) Next week, we will cover James chapter three, verses 13 through 18. enjoyed this episode please feel free to subscribe and leave a review on itunes and most importantly share with a friend the beautiful music that you've heard on this episode today is by the incredibly talented katie cox 